Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to this very special bonus episode of the DLC podcast for E3 Week. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, Christian Spicer. Hey, Christian, how you doing? I'm great. It's the most wonderful time, right? Where it's, mm, mm, I love As video gamers, games. It's, this is the best. We are up late. It is Sunday night. Late, late, late. I just got back from the Bethesda conference. I skipped out on the Chainsmokers, who I guess I've... Have I heard of them? Do I know them? They're Christian? probably not young and hip enough. Or actually, no. they're not that... They're, let's just say they're no Blink-182. Yeah, which was last year's Bethesda conference, which I also skipped out on uh, to kind of do <laughs> our bonus episode th- that time. But uh, yeah, we're up late. I just, just had a whole day, actually two days of uh, press conferences because E3 started on Saturday this year. We will have another episode tomorrow talking about the Sony conference and the Ubisoft conference. But tonight we're going to get be through. It'll night though tomorrow. It's not regular time tomorrow. It's after right. that stuff. Yeah. You're probably not even listening to this until tomorrow anyway because – After uh, those conferences, there'll be, yeah, be a thing and you can listen to it and whatever. <laughs> we're talking about EA. We're talking about Microsoft and we're talking about Bethesda tonight. So we're splitting up our conferences into two episodes over the next two days. Uh, and then we will have our big E3 wrap up show the following Monday in its regular time slot, uh, which we will have our usual E3 guest, Ben Silverman, who will be with us. Um, and uh, very excited to have him every year. He's our, he's our favorite. And uh, if you want more constant, updates uh, at least from me you can listen to my anchor show uh which is called newest latest best download the anchor app at anchor.fm or just go to anchor.fm slash nlb for newest latest best i've been uh uploading stuff in real time all throughout the show i will continue to do it as i get hands-on with stuff so lots of content there as well but christian we are up late we're going to talk uh, about the stuff you were watching all of the streams of the conferences right Mm-hmm. And it was a real good year. Uh, Bethesda, and I don't know if it was like this live, they had one glitch where like the sound seemed way out of sync on all of their streams. I don't know if that's what it was live when they were showing yeah. like the creator thing or whatever. Like no, that was... trailer was just super out of sync. Hmm. But everything else, I remember years past where it's like you have 10 browsers open and you keep switching to the one that's, you know, act- actively streaming and isn't hung up. This year they've all been silky, silky smooth. Well, that's good. Um I was live at all of the events in person, so uh, we'll have two different perspectives on that. Hopefully, you guys uh, are ex- as excited as we are because it's some it's some good stuff. As I said, it started on Saturday this year, so yesterday, Saturday, EA had their big uh, EA Play event, which actually wasn't even in downtown Los Angeles this year. Every year, E3 is uh, in and around the Los Angeles Convention Center, 
And last year, EA pulled out of, of E3 proper, but through their own event at um, LA Live, which is right there at the convention center. This year, again, not participating in the actual E3 conference, but throwing their own event concurrently. But it's not downtown. It's not in the area of the rest of the show. It's in its own place in Hollywood at the Palladium. And they transformed that whole area into a big outdoor craziness with uh, food trucks and lots of ways to play the game. And they opened it up to fans. Um, but there was a section before the fans were allowed in when it was just press. And then they had the, the big press conference. So that's where we'll start. Uh, I kind of feel like I want to do like a whole separate podcast of just like the food of E3 because uh, I, you know, I've been eating like this is food everywhere. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's start with the EA press conference. Um, they started things off with um, uh, with their where, where 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 did they start? I had it open here in a second. Oh, they started things off with their their sports franchises. Uh, Madden 18 is going to have a narrative mode, which I believe was one of my predictions uh, in our last episode. Um, and it looks like, I think overall, story is a big part of what EA is doing. It seems like narrative for across all their franchises, regardless of the genre, be it uh, you know a racing game like Need for Speed, be it NBA, FIFA, or Madden, uh, or you know even their their you know, shooter franchises, all the things that would you expect to have story. Narrative is a big thing, and it seems like it's it, it's happening in all the sports franchises. I think that's a really cool cool thing. It's something that I think will make me want to play those games more than than I do. I'm down for like an eight hour campaign mode in a sports game. I think that's pretty rad. What did you think of of that stuff? So one, I need to say, I I don't think you will, uh, because they've been FIFA's had it, NBA 2K's had it, and I don't think you've played any of those. Am I right? No, but I, that's true. But I I'm more of a football guy. I mean, I like basketball a lot, but I don't I don't like MLB basketball the show has games. it. ML, MLB the show has it. Yeah. Do they do they really? Yeah. But see, I'm like a football guy. I could get behind a football story. I want to play. <laughs> I want to play Friday Night Lights. The 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 game does it end bad. with him having a uh, brain trauma and the NFL players association fighting for health coverage for him as the league denies it. No, I said, uh, Friday night lights, the game, not whatever that Will real Smith life movie. NFL, the game, what um, was the Will Smith movie that the concussion? concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, um, I, I, I will predict that neither one of us will play these to completion. We might dab our toe into it, be like, okay. But that being said, where I think that my, my, uh, way in that we might is that I have certainly played way more of a fighting game this year than I normally do, and that's because Injustice 2 story is yeah. phenomenal. See? Would I prefer that game to be a third-person action game with that same story? Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> but, you know, an incredibly well-told story, you know, can get its hooks into me to have me doing something that I otherwise might not be doing. But Injustice 2 is also some of my favorite characters ever portrayed in such an amazing way i don't know if i care about um mr football but i do i so it's tough like part of me rolls my eyes super hard at this and then part of me is like i love single player narrative games i need to give these a chance and then part of me is like what i just said to you i haven't given any of them a chance already what's going to change my mind now i think need for speed might when we get there but i don't think 
Madden story mode is going to be the thing that that gets me hyped. Well, what about story in Need for Speed? They showed um, more of of what we can expect from Need for Speed Payback, and it's you know it's got that Fast and the Furious kind of narrative thing going on. It's got cutscenes. It's got you know it's it does have a race mode. I actually had uh, behind the closed doors uh, hands on with this game, and and they do have like full on just like racing mode if you want to play races in Need for Speed, but. There is a a campaign, and that campaign involves you know setting up chases and doing stuff that trigger cutscenes. You know, the one we saw was was very linear, but it was uh, you know chasing this truck down and busting a high performance uh, concept car out of the back of it. I thought that looked cool, and I, I as somebody that you know isn't really into racing games, but likes the sort of over the top action arcadey stuff of a burnout. This looked like you know, throwback to burnout with the slow motion crashes. And it gives me kind of reason to do races because now I'm sort of playing through the story and there's context for stuff. I really think Need for Speed Payback looks awesome. I thought it looked gorgeous. I heard it played very well. I have not had a chance to go hands on with it yet. My question for that, like, I think that game could be huge for me just doing the kind of games that I like. And plus, there was like a Mustang all over that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in. My question for that, and I think the hard thing to do with racing game narrative is is fail states. And I think that's what made Burnout Paradise and Forza Horizon 3 so great is that if you fail to race, you're just in the world and you're going to do the next thing. So I don't know with like this, like voice um, prompted or, you know, narrative told where it's like, we got to get on the truck. I can answer that question if you want. Oh yeah. I'd love to. Because I failed. Yeah. Uh, And when I was behind closed doors, I didn't make it to the truck in time. One of the quest objectives was get to the semi before you reach the tunnel. Yeah. And I didn't. And it said you didn't. And it started it over. See, that's from a, but from a checkpoint, there was like a checkpoint right. where we like got into the cars or whatever. And that's the hard part because you want there to be a real challenge, right? You don't want somebody playing the game be like, look, you don't even need to do anything and you, you win. So you want it to be a challenge, but it can't be too challenging that you're hitting a few of those reloads. Because I think because then hearing that same stuff like, here it comes, get under the truck or whatever, you'll be like yeah. non-inducing. But if done well and it threads that needle just right, or you can, you know, dial in the difficulty for you, it looks, it looks epic. I like the need for speed movie. <laughs> so like, you know, I like yeah, the fast funny. and furious. I'm on board. It's funny that they kept saying, we're going, we're taking the cinematic approach, just not the cinema that's based on our game, a <laughs> right. different movie franchise, but it's totally cinematic. That movie did not do well, but I liked it because they used like all too. practical cars for the chases. I, I I actually enjoyed that movie a little bit. It was it was not great, but it, it, was, it was super was silly, right? It was super yeah. silly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Need for Speed Payback. I, I I played it. It looks awesome. It it really feels like Burnout in a lot of ways. Like when you hit your nitro or your nitrous, uh, it uh, it does the burnout thing where it goes boo, you know, with the focal yeah. length. Um. And then the the car crashes are burnout. It's it's like the thing I've been asking for every time we talk about a racing game on our show. I'm like, give me a burnout. So it, it's burnout, but prettier. And with uh, what seems to be like a cheesy, not very well written, but maybe could still be fun campaign mode. As long as it leans into it in the right way, I'm totally okay with that. The one with FMV, which I think it was that whatever that last one was, Ghost, Run, Need for Speed run, Runner, yeah, run. run, like that the didn't lean into it enough. And it was like, uh, like... I don't know if I'm laughing at you or with you. <laughs> right. But I thought it was really cool. Like the, that moment in the demo where 
you're the guy and you, you're driving, what is it? Mustang he's driving. And he, uh, pulls up to the semi and then it goes to the cutscene, and then she busts out of the back in the other car and you're just dynamically put into her continuing the story, like running away. I like that stuff. I think it's cool to, to basically play an action sequence from a fast and the furious movie, but play all the parts, you know, like you're just jumping, it jumps you around into whoever's doing the cool thing at any given moment. I think that's rad. And I'd love to play an action scene like with two people, each controlling their own person. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, yeah, they definitely should. I mean, why not talk about that now? Um, the newest game from the team behind Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons is called A Way Out, and it's just like Brother. If you like Brothers, you're going to love this game. <laughs> it's actually the opposite of Brothers, isn't <laughs> it's it? So like, different. Brothers. Well, first of all, yeah, it looks completely different. But Brothers, the whole thing of Brothers was like one person controlling two people. And now it's like, no, it's two people controlling two people, and it has to be, um, which I thought was kind of an interesting twist. But much more uh, cinematic looking, a completely different art style than Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. It's much more a third-person action, um, you know, it, it, it looks like GTA or Uncharted or something. And it is about these two brothers that break out of prison and then have uh, a life outside of prison. And it certainly seems... Like, um, there's a lot of game after the breakout of the prison, you know, like the, the prison break stuff is just the first part. That's what the prison break showrunners told Fox also. (laughs) Right. Well, this is like, we have five seasons. We have five seasons. We got a total Bible. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) this is one of the, the few games where I've looked at the trailer and gone, I feel like the trailer just spoiled stuff. Um, it looks this, I mean, you know, me and our listeners know me like this. I, one, I, I love the, the balls of, like, it's co-op. It's the only way to play. An AI can't take over. You're playing at co-op. We yeah. want you to play at Couch Co-op. It's going to be split screen, even if you're playing online. Right. Um, it looks awesome. And now, you know, I'm not saying I don't trust this team. Brothers was an incredible game. But I'm watching this and just thinking, hey, Naughty Dog, are you listening? <laughs> well, it does, feel, it, it, it does feel a lot like sort of this next progression of what Naughty Dog does. Um, and you got to – I was having this conversation with some um, game journalist dudes at, at E3 and we were all kind of talking about that. And somebody you know, was saying like it, you got to know that, that Naughty Dog like thought about this. It's not like nobody thought about this. It's just really friggin' hard to do. There's no way – they didn't go, wouldn't it be cool if a second player could play Nate's brother you know, in Uncharted 4? I'm sure somebody had that thought. But then they went, oh, that just – that this game's not coming out for four more years if we try that. And how much does it limit your sales where I literally can't play the game by myself at four in the morning? You know, like people talk about how hard Destiny's raids are because you got a squad. I know that's six people, but this is in the game. It's only with someone else. So you can't go back and replay it. It's it's very risky in that regard. That's true. Yeah. It does some really interesting stuff, though. Like one player will be in a cutscene, like a full on set your yeah. controller down cutscene, And the other player will be watching them the, them do those things so the cutscene is being rendered in real time and their character is really animated inside the cutscene and the other player is like able to watch those animations from his in-game view it's but as you said it's it's cut split screen and the split is kind of dynamic and that happens regardless of whether someone is sitting next to you or not um it's just sort of the aesthetic of the game i didn't get behind closed doors with this one yet but uh i talked to a bunch of people who did and they say it it's actually very reminiscent of a David Cage game that it's it's 
pretty linear and that things you do, I mean, you can make choices on how it happens, but it's more like heavy rain or beyond two souls in the sense of, you know, you make these hard decisions and the game branches more, more than being like an uncharted game. That sounds awesome to me too. I, I just started thinking as like picturing that a heavy rain where two people are making choices and they're both splintering, going different ways. And then I just pictured the poor writer in the room throwing her computer off the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nightmare. Uh, but yeah, this game I think was the biggest surprise of the EA press conference. It certainly was the only unknown thing other than Anthem, and we'll get to that. But it was sort of the only unknown game that we saw a lot of at the EA press conference. And I think a lot of people came away very excited. I certainly loved uh, the developer whose name I don't have in front of me, but uh, man, he what a charming guy. He seems very, very proud of, of this game. So I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Um, so we saw some new Battlefield 1 expansion content, uh, lots of stuff about FIFA. We kind of already talked about that that stuff. Those two dudes, though, like, I don't know how we become those two dudes, but I feel like we're the video game version of the two bald guys. I want to be the two dudes in, uh, what do they call them, two dudes in jackets or two dudes in blazers. That's what it is. Yeah, they were great. Those guys were great. I, I, I thought that same thing. I was like, how did Christian and I become that for video games? Someone give uh, us a studio. We have the rapport. We just need, like, the nice little set design. Stuff. Yeah, we need the nice set design and the budget. And then we need John Oliver to guest on our show. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, the big the big finale uh, of the press conference was Star Wars Battlefront 2. And the way they decided to feature that game was to give us a half an hour of multiplayer game being played live right there, right in the Did room. Did you say awful? I think it's the shorthand version of what you're trying to say. The yeah. way they tried to show that game was awful. The game looks awesome. I don't, you know, it's like the dissecting conference presentation versus gameplay. But uh, I love content creators, but they are not um, presenters. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, ben, a friend of the show, Ben Kachera on Polygon, wrote a really interesting, scathing article about how, like, this is a lesson to be learned. EA, don't, you know, uh, influencers are not hosts, <laughs> they are not on air talent. They do YouTube videos, and sometimes they're very good at them, and sometimes they can do other things. But when you give them a, a much more responsibility than that, it doesn't always okay, work out. Okay, so just going into an analysis of influencers over, this is the most incredible podcast battle you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I, I will say, I, we, I kind of jumped yeah, sorry. to that. <laughs> but it was a cool way that they brought out stormtroopers and they brought out the lead actress who's playing the the main character in the she single player awesome. concept. She was great. Her enthusiasm was genuine and awesome. And they showed a really cool trailer, a really cool trailer. And um, I was like, oh, you know, that, that's the trailer. That's the trailer. That's cool. But then they're like, we're going to do 30 minutes. And it, it was – it made – what is a gorgeous, seems like a very exciting, fun game, just seem interminable and boring. And I hate using that word, but my goodness, it it was really the worst way they could have possibly ended the show. And it, it bums me out because the game looks awesome. It's, it, it's this other thing, too, of this forced esports upon games that haven't uh, cultivated its own esports following. Like maybe Battlefront right. 2 will have one and it'll be awesome, but... 
it, it like Evolve was the same way. Evolve was a great game when it worked, but they, this is the next big esport. You have to kind of let that happen. Like the XFL wasn't the next big innovation in football. Like you just have to right. let it happen and they're trying to force it upon a thing and so then like that's awkward and stilted and they're trying to shout cast a game that a new game mode that like there's people aren't familiar with you're not watching at home you don't know what it is you're also introducing it to new people who are stumbling upon this because it's e3 the biggest you know week in gaming and it, yeah it just to show me an awesome trailer highlight some of the things and then you can even say something like uh you know we've had these following people playing the game for the past hour here's some amazing in-game moments they had like when that guy got shot off the top of the like the droid walker or whatever that was cool but just show me that you know like you're gonna have your own emergent gameplay everything you love about star wars blah 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 by the way while you're here we invite you to come play but right like Well, yeah, and and the fact that they're you know in control of their own event, they're not part of E3, they're not, they don't have to fit into a time frame, and they are streaming on their own official channel. What you do is you have the cool, you know, two to five minute cut down of a bunch of games that you've played, what that like you said have cool moments, and then you go if you want to see full. 30 minutes of gameplay, stay tuned to the stream after the press conference yeah. and we'll play a whole game and you can watch it in real time to prove that the game is, you know, playable right now. But don't make all of us live in the audience sit there and watch this <laughs> interminable match where a guy just like crashes into a building. You know, that's the most exciting part is when some dude like just crashes his, his, his jet into a building. I called it a jet. Like I don't know anything about Star Wars. What an idiot. Uh, anyway... Again, that's us like criticizing the form of the press conference. Right. And I think that's part of it. Like it, these are presentations and it's – you can't help but sort of you know, critique the theatricality of it because that was well, a for, major misstep. If for better or worse, how things presented can sink or swim an entire product at times. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it happens. I, I do have to say though – that EA's decision to kind of bet the um, farm on frostbite, I'm off. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, it's, dude. And it I, works with everything. Like, everything. Speed looks amazing, and Star Wars looks amazing. It just all looks FIFA amazing. FIFA is just amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I, I didn't think Battlefront 2 could look better than Battlefront, but some Darth Maul, when he's in, like, I hate the shiny world of the prequels. Because but it, it looks just amazing. Makes sense. But yeah, when I see Darth Maul's, like, lightsaber reflecting off a column and then with, like, a different angle and different light source off of the ground as he comes around a corner, I was just like, oh, well, I'm buying this game. Yeah. Yeah. The, the doofy, the doofy, uh, uh, battle droid tank that's in the movie looking all doofy and the game is like oh that tank looks badass like I'm, I'm into that tank you know yeah yeah uh, it's crazy and it's and it looks kind of fun with the multiplayer that they're like mashing up where like han solo can show up in the prequels and that's what threw me off because I, I know they said like in that first trailer where it was like across all things but i thought maybe your heroes would be contingent on the map and so they had darth maul running around like oh someone has darth maul and it's like oh and here comes ray and i was like wait what <laughs> yeah i know it's bizarre but it's kind of neat you know I, I, yeah. I think that'll be a fun twist um i had a chance to go hands-on behind closed doors with the single player campaign and this is certainly an early contender for me of game of the show because it's what i wanted from the first game it's it's like an original star wars story it does i said this on my uh, newest latest best show but it does feel a little weird like the 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 mission that you're we can play at the show you start off in a TIE fighter fighting in the, you know, in space, which is awesome. But 
you're like shooting down X-Wings and shooting down Corellian cruisers. And it just kind of feels wrong, man. I'm like, I'm the bad guy. I'm the Imperial. We just, the Emperor need, just died. And you need to read the uh, new Thrawn book. He, he did such a great job of putting you as the Empire, as the protagonist. And really cool. the Empire. <laughs> They're baddies. But you might want to be. You might want to be the Empire. I'm curious. I'm still curious. And they've certainly done it before. X-wing. I mean, Tie Fighter was an incredible game. Um, Dark Forces was pretty incredible. I'm curious because this is in that gray area, right between the end of Jedi and before um, Force Awakens. And so I don't know when the New Order, like what splinter. You know what I mean? Like there's a room for you to still be a good guy. <laughs> the crazy thing is, it takes place the entire time between Return of the Jedi and A Force Awakens. It, they said that the the story in the game will span thirty years. Huh. So it's but only four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it looks the cut awesome. scene, The cutscenes are incredible. It looks. I mean, there's clearly like real actors that they cast in all the parts. It, it is. It is a fully produced CGI Star Wars story that you get to play and. The you know and so you start in a tie fighter and you you know you fight stuff and then you crash into this um um on purpose you crash into this rebel uh, this giant rebel ship and you disembark and then it's the first person shooter and you're shooting down rebel scum and you've got this robot on your back that you can deploy at any point and it'll like stun enemies for you and then you like disable these ion cannons and it's dude it's it's battlefield or yeah battlefield. With a Star Wars skin. It's the amazing, like, Battlefield 1 campaign that we both really praised, but done with a Star Wars skin, which to me is a win. That just, it's just what I want. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, I think I have them archived on my YouTube of, of my playing the single player in Battlefront 1. I was like, this is incredible. This is incredible. But all I can think about is playing this on PC with a Star Wars mod over it. And if that's what they're doing, but actually, but the best thing that Disney's done and they don't do everything right. But the stuff that they've made canon in the Star Wars universe now, they clearly think about and yeah. give weight and merit to and having it be, yes, this is part of our universe. And so to have this game have a narrative that is, yes, part of that universe that's telling that story between Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, uh, it looks. Yeah, that's what I was so surprised about. You're going to give them 30 years to play with? Like this yeah. video game? That's a big swath of time to have control over and sort of define i was pretty surprised but it yeah it looks it looks really good and it's this year yeah it is this oh. year <laughs> yeah man uh i i all only thing i know though is that i only have five hundred dollars for my gaming budget for the rest of the year so i hope nothing big comes out <laughs> well, that's a perfect <laughs> transition to the microsoft conference which uh kicked off this afternoon uh, again, I was there in person uh, with this like just staggeringly must have been so expensive uh, 4K screen that they had that was the size of a football field. It seemed it was just it was um, massive and gorgeous um, in the room at the Galen Center in downtown Los Angeles. And, you know, of course, Microsoft made the whole thing about Scorpio or as we now know it, Xbox One X. So neither, it's going to give it to you. <laughs> or as people have been liking to call it, the ox. Well, the clever thing is Xbox One X. What is it? An anagram? Or as you, if you write it vertically, it spells Xbox? 
Yeah, E B and then O X, yeah. Xbox one X, Xbox. Yeah. Or the ox. I think people are calling it the ox. That's kind of cool. Or XOX. I don't know. I do like the way that Phil referred to the original Xbox as the OG. I was like, even you know your name suck at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the OG is coming too. And the- <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so let's, I mean, the, the, the show kicked off just unveiling the, the thing. I think it's um, pretty uninteresting from a design perspective as far as uh you know it's it's looks it's not oh i think it's interesting it's smaller than the, this is the most like how with the original xbox one like the one that i still have like were they just so afraid of heat sink issues because of the xbox 360 bricking problem they just put like if i open oh. it up is it the size of a wii in there you know because this thing is smaller than the s which is a sexy console and it's more powerful than anything that's ever come out in a console like that's I think that's pretty incredible design. I think it's a good-looking console. You're not going to put it on a pedestal. Is it? But let's look up. I, I think, think it's, I think a, it's, I think it's the- an impressive design as far as function, but I don't think it's good-looking. I think it's oh, I think it's one of the plain. best consoles to come out in terms of just like the aesthetic. It's minimalist. It has clean lines. It's not overly complicated with patterns that don't match. I like it. All I mean, right. I'll, I'll wait for the white one. Until I buy it. Didn't it look also? <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird that, that there was like a lip that stuck out under which the drive seemed to be. You know, like well, if, go ahead. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like, oh crap, we had to put a drive in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that should. It's funny that they didn't even make a big deal about it, but but having a Blu-ray, a 4K Blu-ray drive in it is a real differentiator from the PlayStation Pro 4 Pro, but they kind of just offhandedly mentioned that and moved on and didn't make a big deal about it. And I think that, you know, 500 bucks for a 4k Blu-ray player ain't too shabby just alone, but they didn't really seem to care about that. Um, so Xbox one X, do you think the name, what do you think of the name? I think it's fine. I think they're in this weird naming convention where they don't quite know what to do. Hopefully next generation, they just go back to Xbox or something, you know, like it's going to be this iterative form. It's fine. It's not great. It's fine. I wish they called it the Scorpio just so that I could have had a guess right. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, 499, I mean, we'll skip to that. That was the end of the show. But since we're talking about the X um i expected it to be a little lower as i mean it, it's a hell of a lot of console for 500 dollars. i mean if you're looking at it at, from pure pc parts yeah it's a, there's a lot of horsepower in there for 500 bucks so even that is is impressive but dropping the price of the xbox one s to 250 now you're at double the price of that for what is a sort of marginal upgrade as far as because that has the 4k player in it also right so s no so that's not even a differentiator does between it, i don't two. think it has a 4k blu-ray player does it i think the xbox one s does i'm gonna google xbox one uh paznos 83 says uh, he's pretty sure the s has the uhd drive um, yeah it does it has the uhd blu-ray performance drive in the s oh well there you go maybe that's why they didn't make a big deal out of it shows you how much i know um everybody in the chat knows except me um that's impressive uh so I guess that's why they didn't make, make make a very big deal about it, but still, double the price for. I mean, the the games looked stunning. It started off with Forza Seven, the announcement of Forza Seven, which made a lot of sense um, as far as a showpiece. Uh, you know, just 
gorgeous looking cars and gorgeous looking environments running at 60 frames per second at native 4k that's pretty nice and my goodness did it look really good i i need that digital foundry video or something because that's the thing they showed all these things and they look great but how garbage are they on my original xbox is it like 20 frames per second you know you're not going to be able to play it or is it 30 frames at 900p like I, it, it's it's I think there's a lot of value in that box and in the X, the way PC prices are currently priced and the size, the footprint of the thing and the ease of connecting it to a TV and blah, blah, blah. And, but I just don't, I don't quite know. Uh, I feel like it's powerful enough that this could have been a new console generation for me. I and I think the fact that I can still play the games on it and unless they're just atrocious, unless Anthem is running at five frames per second for me, I think it's a really hard, it's this really weird sell where, you know, tech lust people will buy it because we buy those things. And then I'm not sure who else it's a quote unquote need for. I think Sony said one out of four, or one out of five pro purchases or, or PS4 purchases are pros. And I think the X might have a harder time hitting that attach rate. I don't know. I kind of want one, but at the same time, I I think it's just because... I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely want one because I'm an idiot. Uh, and, and I, you know, I have a 4K TV. I think it would be awesome to, to be running native 4K content. I think it's all pretty. But to be honest, it's not that much more pretty. And I, I really feel like they missed opportunities to create differentiators for it. You know, they could have either, as you said, really made it a new console generation and said, hey, it's backwards compatible to everything on Xbox One, but there's going to be some stuff you can't do on your old Xbox One that you can do here more than just, you know, looking slightly clicking, prettier. Clicking ultra on the graphics setting. Yeah, it, it, that you, there really is stuff we can, we can do with this. I, I think they could have done that. And I think that wouldn't have necessarily been a bad idea because Xbox One isn't exactly setting the world on fire, right? But they didn't do that. And the other thing that they could have done, which is what I was hoping for, and they clearly didn't do, is make it a VR machine, make it a VR box that has the power to really output. And, and you know, maybe we will see that at some point. Maybe they will start talking about VR. There was this weird thing. Somebody uh, tweeted me the Best Buy ad that, that Best Buy put up for the Xbox One X. And in the ad, it talks about how it's the, the premium VR console so clearly, Best Buy didn't invent that, right? That, at some point, that was part of the know, They also called it the Scorpio in that ad, right? Right. But clearly, Xbox or Microsoft you know, gave them that messaging at some point. So I think that's going to happen, but I, I feel like that could have been part of the original pitch. Um, so that's one thing I got right of our guesses. I got a lot wrong, but yeah. that's one. Because I, I do think that it's, it's this simplified message. I, I think, you know, if the original Xbox One was so big because they were afraid of the heat sink failure or whatever from the 360, I think with every iteration now of the Xbox One, they're afraid of how bad it went when they first debuted it, that it was all these other things with Connect or whatever. So I really think there's they've been on this laser focus of of games. This is a workhorse. This is the most powerful. This is what this thing is. And then this year, they were really focused on, here's a but ton of games coming out. Right. And I don't think this is a business problem for them per se, because it's all the same money, but I look at it and it's just like, well, they're all coming to PC. <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's like this weird thing where I don't know if they're trying to sell consoles or not. I don't know if that matters to them or if they don't, they care that I'm buying it on the windows store or whatever, because I don't quite know what the reason is to pick up this box. I, I just don't, I don't know what they're, what they're reasoning they were giving people. 
The other thing about that you mentioned the um, the heat sink problems and stuff like that, and they talked about this. It's got liquid cooling, which is pretty insane for a console. Yeah. Um, but you know, they didn't mention that being in lieu of fans. You know, there, there was a uh, they could have made a big deal about that being making the the system like quiet. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't didn't say that. So I wonder the if PS4 also... Pro is pretty quiet, right? Yeah, I think at th- this point. <laughs> I was kidding. Oh, yeah. No. Um, I know. I think that could have been a cool thing if they had talked about how quiet it was, but it, maybe it's just not. Maybe it also has fans. But the fact that it's so tiny and the fact that it, you know, th- this is clearly a crazy piece of design, but I just don't know. I mean, okay, so the conference was, they said, what, 42 games and 22, 22 yeah. exclusives. And, they're kind of playing this semantic game of what is an exclusive. There's a lot that seem to be timed exclusives. There's a lot that are exclusives for console at launch, you know, is what they kind of were talking about. So that'll be out on PC as well. Not a lot of actual first party content. Um, more mm-hmm. third party stuff was really what, what wowed me. Um, but there's a lot of games to talk about, so I'm not going to just step through it because I don't think we have the time to talk about every single thing. Uh, we'll leave Anthem for the end because, my God. But um, <laughs> but let's talk about some of the stuff that was interesting to you. Do you want to bring up a few things? Yes, I'm going to get the name wrong because I, I don't have it written down in front of me. Um, I left my notes not in my office. The Last, last Light? First Light? What was that beautiful game that I want real bad? Um, uh, I don't know which one you're talking about. First, first light. Which which one is it? It was like pixel art animated. Oh, the last adventure. night. Last night. Yeah. Thank you. The last night. Yeah. And oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite know what the gameplay is for that, but uh, hot dog. Yeah. Oh, I at first I thought, are we are we getting like an official Blade Runner game because this new Blade Runner movie is coming out? Right. Uh, but it's not that. It's its own IP, and you know, if you've ever thought pixel art was beautiful you ain't seen nothing yet until you see that it, game Woo! it was stunning so for me the 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 big four were that one um player unknowns battlegrounds being a console exclusive or a limited exclusive for xbox one i think that's huge it is that's the I, that's I really the big think that's one. big that's the big one that isn't just a timed exclusive that's literally like xbox one is the only console you play that game on which is which is big I think that's I think that's really big, um, and then uh, Ori two. You tweeted at me, and you were right. That game's going to make me cry. It looked somehow they found a way to make Ori even look better. It's they they stunning, and they clearly know it's special. Like they brought a a real piano and a real piano player yeah. out to to start the music. Like they knew this game is is something special. You know, they kind of gave- and it had an incredible score the first one too. So yeah, that was awesome and then one i'm sure that you're excited about too and i i think the art direction or the change you know and how they presented it is appealing i think crackdown three you know, terry cruz is awesome he that guy can do no wrong i don't know i mean he should be as popular as the rock if you ask me like he's just infectious yeah with his personality is so great and i like the borderland slash telltale art style they've kind of adopted for the game and i thought it was a really cool effective trailer i, I noticed they didn't talk about 
destructibility the way they had talked about it two or three years ago. But it it showed orbs, it showed jumping, it showed rolling with my friends, and it looked cool. So I'm I'm on board. And it's day and date uh, with the X. Yeah, that was interesting. It really does seem like the the sort of big uh, launch game because a lot of the games they showed actually are launching before the X. Yeah, which is interesting, right? Yeah, very interesting. Um, I wish I had seen a little more of Crackdown. I, I it felt like exactly what I expected, which is not a bad thing. And you show me orbs, you show me jumping to get them. I'm already in. Right, yeah, <laughs> but, that's all I needed. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I literally don't even need guns or explosions in that game. Just let me find orbs constantly. Uh, but I also was, was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more there. Like you said, the, the destructibility of environments that they had been talking about of the, using the power of the cloud, you notice they didn't mention the frigging cloud once this year, the cloud has evidently <laughs> dissipated and it's sunny skies in Xbox land. No, it's June gloom in LA. The cloud is just a little low. It's not, it's yeah. not, you know, um, and they don't have, you know, they don't have those destructible environments anymore. Like where are the giant buildings bit you knock down with a punch? I want to punch some buildings down that is that gone? Is that not in the game anymore? What's the deal? Yeah, because I mean, originally that was kind of what in the multiplayer it wasn't in all the parts of the game. And I think again, I, I my gut says it's still there in some form or fashion. They were really just trying to distill this down into one thing. And I think sometimes that's a miss because it raises questions for people that remember things from three years ago. But I really think their thing was like, here's the game. <laughs> here's the game showing what you love. Yeah, uh, let's let's get out of here. Um, but. I have high hopes for it, so I hope it doesn't let me down. And then my question to you, Jeff, looping back on mine before I can ask you your some of your hits, do you think this is Battlegrounds is going to get a boxed release? Is is it going to be a finished game or is it early access and how will console play? Like I love I love Battlegrounds, but it's still a mess. And they showed a little bit of that mess when the people were escaping in their uh motorcycle and sidecar and they hit a box and that kills someone in the sidecar, which is it's hysterical on streams, but it sucks when it happens to yeah. you in game. And I'm so curious, like, do you think this will resonate with console gamers? The same way PC gamers were used to that kind of thing, I feel like. Uh, well, he said an interesting thing when he was on stage uh, demoing it or introducing it. He said something like, it'll have Xbox One X upgrades in the finished version or something, something along those lines of like, when the finished one is done or something like that. I, I do feel like it's going to be a boxed, done I mean, maybe, maybe not boxed. Maybe it'll only be an online purchase, but I do think it'll be like a, not a, an early access thing. I think it'll be yeah. more like this has been, you know, it's gone gold, so to speak. Um, but and I could be Matrix wrong. himself in the chat says they already have it on, early access is already on Xbox. Yeah, I know that they're already early access games, but I'm just curious how uh, they're going to present player on Battleground. Oh, and the last thing, E3 fashion tweets are back, you guys. And I need, I need to, correct myself i was wrong i tweeted that lydia winters is black on black on black rocking that emo 2001 look to show off minecraft and she tweeted back and letting me know that her pants were gray <laughs> all right well good for her so good for, she's correct, like great I, I think I, generally speaking xbox was on point with their fashion it was all like laid back and cool and phil's leather jacket i also have a green leather jacket i i really liked it all right well i'm glad we spent time talking about it uh <laughs> me too now bore me with the crappy game you- I'm just <laughs> um i it's it's let me hear about sea of thieves more yawn actually dude i thought that looked good i i, I, I was not impressed with it last year when i played it at e3 last year but 
I thought what they showed made a real case for how that game could be fun. And it looked like there's a lot of really fun, cool things to do with your friends. It looked like Ark, you know, but instead of the central theme being craft stuff and survive, the central theme is explore places and discover stuff. And I'm so down for that. If if these if these islands really are full of secrets and you have a map that has a riddle on it, come on. That's that's awesome. I, I mean, you know, swimming away from a shark or whatever, okay, whatever. It's not that great. But just the the camaraderie of finding a place and figuring stuff out and launching yourself out of a cannon and doing goofy things. I think we're just at the beginning of these kinds of games like Ark and Player Unknown Battlegrounds where the it, they just facilitate fun social interaction in a context that is ostensibly challenging. But I love that the central theme, and I could be wrong about this, but it seemed like the central theme is explore and just go places and find things. That I would be really into. I, I thought it looked really good. I, I hope it's great. To me, it, it, I think the water looked cool. I like the pirate setting. I liked the, the art and, you know, kind of the... Um cartoony look that they've taken with that rare's taken with it but the game the moment-to-moment gameplay to me didn't look great like loading the gun and shooting and kind of the running like all of that the way i'd actually play this fun you know hanging out with my buddies experience didn't look super awesome to me but i hope when i play it it's tighter and, and it controls well and then i'm curious you know it almost feels like what was it three years ago when we were seeing and they're not all out yet but this return to the first person shooter game is back you know like the competitive first person shooters back yeah. unreal and quake and i feel like now we're at this point where everybody is doing this streamable game right it's right. like this hang out play and create like how like right after they showed player unknown battlegrounds they showed that other game that was the same thing Dar- darwin <laughs> project yeah yeah the, the, like, yeah, the Dar- yelly commentator guy is like oh woof that was awful but the game itself you know i think that game itself looked pretty cool like a super powered I think so. I like player unknowns battleground. So give me like uh, hero classes or powers in it. I think that could be fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely much more interested in, in Sea of Thieves, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think that game could be cool. I don't think it's going to be a system seller, but I think it could be it could be really fun if you know enough people play it. It's you know, I I, I like it. Um, but the other you know, you mentioned a couple of the ones that that piqued my interest, but uh, I also want to mention. Um, Oh, what is that game? Oh, The Artful Escape, which is the little dude who plays guitar, and it looks so fun and silly. Ah. It looked beautiful. I, 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 I don't do drugs, but I think that's an acid game, right? Like, that's... I don't, what, what, was, what was happening? Like, the head got all happy and then twisted, and the guy was like... Nah, 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 nah. I don't know, but I loved it, and I just want... I want more of it. So, like, that and the last night were, like, back-to-back, and I was just like, these... You know, when when you have an entire conference full of you know, shooting zombies and then shooting other things that look sort of like zombies, but aren't zombies and then shooting demon zombies and then zombie demons and then shooting some more of the orc zombie demons. Um, and then you show something like the artful escape or the last night, like those things pop because they have such a vibrant originality to them. Like there's a, just, just of how different it is. And I, and, and I think those things are immediately more interesting in the context of like a thousand shooty shoots, you know, and I, I like a good shooty shoot, but you know, sometimes these things back to back to back to back, it's like, okay, Oh, it's another shooty shoot. And pilot player unknowns battlegrounds was like right 
after State of Decay 2, and it just, like, felt redundant, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I, I agree. I like, I, I love a good shooty shoot, but I, I like the way that Microsoft has, and for a while now, I, th- I think ID at Xbox is still a horrible name, but I, I like the way that they highlight and they've, you know, brought to the forefront some of these these smaller games and, and given them space to really stretch their legs. And like Ori, the first Ori, I think they did a great job with it. And, and I know Cuphead's not out yet, so that's frustrating. It has a date now, but, you know, they've yeah. done a good job showing that. And I, I like what Xbox has done, people at Microsoft have done in terms of, getting these littler games or these not shooty shoot games um, space on the, on the console. I, you know, there was a lot of stuff shown. There were yeah. not a lot of huge standouts for me. It just felt like solid. It felt like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming. Do we have neither one of us has mentioned what origins. Oh yeah, no. I thought that looked really good. I thought it looked oh, thought like it looked... Assassin's Creed: The Witcher. I I I I was surprised they were showing it as like a score. Oh, sorry, an Xbox. I was gonna say Scorpio still an Xbox One X kind of thing. Like it looked, it looked the same to me. Like after some of the other games they showed, and Anthem, which we'll talk about, looked like here's my mom give me that game um yeah <laughs> it, it looked like assassin's creed to me and like it didn't blow me away graphically which i know games aren't just graphics and then it looked kind of the same except now you're using a hawk buddy to tag things i don't know i think that game is still a a question mark i know afterward some interviews went up and they talked about some of the things that make it different and again never you know dismiss a ubisoft game because they sell like crazy yeah um, but I thought in terms of like how it showed at the conference, it kind of was a, hmm, I don't know, Breath of the Wild's out. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> it's like, did you learn from it or not? I can't tell yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's too quick for them to learn from it. But, I, you know, I, I, it looked like there's loot. It looked like there's a much more robust, interesting RPG system, although they clearly just ripped off Destiny's menus for some reason. <laughs> I think it's like the weakest part of Destiny is their menu system, but whatever. Um, so I, in that – and in the action combat felt more like The Witcher or Horizon Zero Dawn than it did you know, the Assassin's Creed franchise. So I, I'm much more interested because I like those games. I want it to be influenced by The Witcher because I'd, I'd rather it be more a pure action RPG than just you know this kind of weird hybrid stealthy game where I'm hiding in the crowd and jumping into hay bales. I just never was into those games. I know a lot of people love that franchise. I'm not one of them. So the less it can be like that and the more it can be like a franchise I do enjoy, The Witcher, then the yeah. more I'm into it. But yeah. Yeah, and, I saw it was interesting. Like, I just realized, I was like, oh, neither one of us talked about. It. Like, I think that was, I think they thought that was a big moment for them because that yeah. was the first gameplay reveal of that game. And I think a lot of people kind of were like, well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, look cool. That was big. You slide down the edge of a pyramid. That's cool. And sphinxes have noses. Yeah, because back then they did. Um, and then Shadow of War also had a lengthy demo. Um, Shadow of War looks real good. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only reason I didn't mention it is just because I've already talked about like that. It was more of me wanting that game, and I wish it wasn't delayed. I want it to be the best game possible. But the only thing that'll be a hang up for me, I think, playing that game is if the cool stuff is it's paced poorly because I'm popping into menus too much. It's that fine line between like base building or planning my attack and just running in there and attacking. And I'm not sure how over the course of whatever it is, 40 hour campaign, how much will be menu management and planning versus that Arkham style combat that I love so much. Right. So a lot of solid 
I thought it's a lot of solid titles. Um, and then Anthem came up. <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. And everything I thought I knew about video games <laughs> changed in an instant because not only did the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen a video game do, but it, it was like, oh, this is what I've always dreamed of. Um, I mean, hopefully if you're listening to this, you've already watched the trailer or, you know, the gameplay reveal, not the stupid teaser trailer that they showed at EA yesterday because that was like nothing. The actual gameplay reveal, which they said was all in real time, all being actually the game, starts in a first-person view in this kind of cool marketplace, very sort of Middle Eastern-inspired but futuristic. There's a giant robot walking in the background. And even in that first-person view, it doesn't look like any other game. It doesn't look like other first-person games. Characters are larger in your view than in most games. Your relationship to them physically is is different. You're sort of more in that world, I think. It just feels large in comparison to you. It was immediately interesting and evocative. And then you get your – you step into your, your sweet mech suit and uh, you just leap off of something and you got Iron Man jet boots – and you fly through this giant open world that's probably the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen a video game do. And even that was like, I, I, I haven't seen anything yet because then the moment where everything, I just, I lost consciousness a little bit was when she dove under the water. And I was like, what is, what is that? What happened? The water, she went under the water and then it gave her an achievement for discovering the crevice under the water. And I was like, okay, discovery, cool shooty shoots, uh, the destiny game I've always wanted, but didn't get with actual destiny, uh, friends playing together, a really interesting, cool, vibrant future world, loot, upgrades, role playing. What? Give this game to me. I want Anthem. I want Anthem's Blue Shield immediately. <laughs> Before or after our next, uh, the the next United States presidential election, like twenty twenty. What are we? Yeah. I mean, this, and I know that Bioware's a, a you know pretty big team, and that that it was isn't the same team that worked on Andromeda, and they've been working on this for years. But this looked incredible, and I don't know when this is coming out, and. I want it now, and uh, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god is right. I mean... I didn't even mind the dumb co-op chatter that was happening, because yeah. I was able to tune it out and just look at the game. Like, I didn't even... Oh, cool, dude. You got your mech, dude, babe? It was pretty restrained. It was pretty restrained. Yeah. As those go, you know, the, it could have been a lot worse. They were pretty restrained. I just shoot it away, and it was just like, oh. I, I, you know, I came home, and almost immediately we got on and started streaming. So I've been out all day, but the one thing I did when I got home is I watched that trailer two more times <laughs> when I got home. So good. It's a great trailer. It's a great trailer. It, it is. It's like a lesson in trailer because it's actual gameplay. It shows a lot of what you want it to, sh you know, what you want to know about how the game will feel and, and play as. What are our rules about game of show? I know that's what I was just going to have to be up. hands on. Do we have to? Do we have to see someone play this? Um, can we wait till next year? Like, what are we doing? I, I know. I I, it, <laughs> I know. I haven't seen Spider Man yet, but like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? It is. It is. It's so going to be my jam. I mean, 
every criticism I've ever had on our show about Destiny and what I wanted from Destiny is looks like it, it, this is the game that I was describing when I thought – I mean it's not Destiny's fault that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, right? That was more me imposing stuff on it. So it's not really Destiny's fault, but the stuff that I was imposing on Destiny, it looks like this game. Ugh. Yeah, that's my only fear. Like I'm imposing my fears of those games on this game because I love Destiny. I really enjoyed the division, but they both learned a lot over their lifespan. Yeah. And I don't I'm curious if this game has, was also learning alongside them or if this game's going to have its own host of problems that it hasn't quite got right and what we really want is Anthem 2. Um uh, but I hope not. You know, who knows? Who knows at this point? But in terms of like a reveal, a trailer, I I almost wish EA didn't show anything. Because then it would, I mean, I get it, whatever, but like that just would have been such an amazing moment. Or if EA showed this, like that first trailer, because if that was the first thing you saw from it, it, I mean, it's, it reaches through the screen and punches you in the face in all the best ways. Yeah. I mean, it, it ended Microsoft's conference with a crescendo and it made me come out of that elated and excited for the future. And clearly they are using it as a way to show off what Scorpio, or excuse me, what Xbox One X can do. But it's coming to PC, it's coming to PlayStation 4, so it's not like it's an exclusive. And I think that if they had shown this at the end of the EA conference, we would have thought, EA is crushing it this year! Mm -hmm. EA's conference was insane! So it really is all about placement, and whatever Microsoft paid EA to say... Don't show it your yours. Show it at ours. Like the guys <laughs> clearly on stage were like, "Okay, we can't show you much. It's just this little teaser. Here it is." But I promise tomorrow, please wait. You know, uh, yeah. they knew. You know, they knew that it was a very very special thing. And I'm over the moon for this game. I really really can't wait for it. Yeah, it it looks stunning, and it was it was a heck of a way to take a press conference home. Or presentation, whatever they call them now. Showcase. Yes, indeed. All right, let's move on to Bethesda. So Bethesda this year did something a little different. It's only their third year doing a press conference. Uh, Last year, they had this crazy airplane hangar place where they, you know, decked it out with all kinds of stuff. Blink-182 played. It was a big Uh, thing. California Deluxe Edition, good album. Go get it. Go ahead. Yeah. And Christian was not there. I was. Don't care about Blink-182. It's a point of contention. Hey, happy Prince's birthday. Who cares? Let's move oh, on. Oh, killing me, buddy. <laughs> um, this year, invites to the Bethesda press conference or whatever it is, showcase. Bethesda Land. Bethesda Land. So it's like this old 60s aesthetic of Disneyland where they had the old, like, map of the park, you know. And uh, they had different areas based on the different franchises that fall under uh, Bethesda's rubric. And there were a couple that were under construction, weren't revealed yet. And everybody thought it was a very char- – at least I thought it was a very charming way to invite people to their show. Little did I suspect that it was legitimately a carnival, legitimately an amusement park that they constructed in a parking lot in downtown LA that the – <laughs> the invitation was not just a fun metaphor. They were legitimately creating a, this insane fantasy world of uh, food and drinks and activities. They had a, a full-size Ferris wheel. They had face uh, – not face painting, but they had uh, caricature artists. They had cotton candy and popcorn and snow cones and uh, turkey legs and 
uh, corn on the cob. And it was nuts, dude. And each of the areas that you, as you walk down this massive pathway, each of the areas is themed around a different one of their game franchises and has all kinds of three dimensional art and iconography from the games and different activities to do there based on the games. There was like this creepy prey, uh, tent that you go into that was all dark and they were serving a special drink in there and they had like you scan your barcode and you get pins and there was it just was nuts it was nuts and then so there's like two hours of that of just like walking around me like stuffing my face trying to find all the different foods and try them all and that's a different podcast but i ate a lot let me just say more than i should have i had two candy apples i had two candy apples (laughs) they were giving out they're giving out candy apples. Uh, it was delicious. And then, so 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific time is when the uh, presentation was to start. So then the, everyone was sort of crammed, lined up, waiting to be let in to where we knew we would go in and sit down and watch the uh, the press conference like you do with any of the other press conferences where you go in and you're – you're all lined up. And it, it was getting a little intense because everybody was was, was crammed and this place was packed we were waiting. Everybody was standing in front of the doors. And then as it got closer and closer and closer, finally the doors opened and they let us walk in. And we'll walk into this massive area with all these crazy screens. We walk in and look around and it's like this giant open area like you would have at a rock concert of like the mosh pit. Like and a chain gi- smokers concert. <laughs> yeah, you know, as you as everyone knows. The very, very popular and widely known band. They, the they actually are. They actually are. They actually Not by are. me, Christian. That doesn't surprise me, Dad Rock. So there are bleachers as you walk in behind you. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go get some. I was kind of at the front of the line, as I often am. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> because I'm an idiot and I get places early. But uh, Anthony Taramina and I were there and we both were like, let's go. Let's go uh, grab a seat in bleachers. Walk over bleachers. Oh, uh, bleachers are for uh, Bethesda team members only. You have to have a special bracelet that only the team members have. So every single person of the the hundreds of hundreds of people that were there, it was a massive amount of people, other than a very tiny portion, were made to stand in this mosh pit through the entire press conference. At least it was like, quick. Well, it wasn't that quick. <laughs> like like we were at some sort of rock concert. I mean, it, it turned into a rock concert, but it was the weirdest decision. It, it Like Pete Hines comes out. He's cool. But it felt like we were there worshiping him like he's some rock star rather than professionals who are about to get briefed on products that they're announcing. It's just such a – it was a very strange tone. It felt like it could have been a direct – like I don't know why this was a it stage was all show. This video, year. right? There was Pete yeah. Hines like started it and ended it, but other than that, it was just watching a video, and it was a really well produced video. I loved. It. I mean, oh, see, uh, I thought the tone of like the carnival really was jolting between because like the games would have like these epic scores and be like, and I thought it didn't flow as well as it could have. Like it pulled you out every time. I really liked it. I thought the the jolt that I felt, and maybe I don't know if this came through at home but we walk into this like intense rock and roll mosh pit and then it has like a countdown like zoom zoom 10 9 8 
seven, you know, and he's just counting down so hardcore and you're rock and roll and here we go. And then it's like adorable kids of Bethesda people. Uh, yeah. And I thought that was really charming. I loved that. I really, I mean, I, as a new When they were asking where their parents are, they haven't seen them in six years. That, was that <laughs> yeah, that same yeah. video? Yeah. Why are you guys still here? I'm waiting for mommy and daddy to finish. <laughs> I don't know what my dad does. My, my mom does something. I haven't seen her. Yeah. Uh, but it was really cute. It was really charming, I yeah. thought. But it just felt very dissonant with this like hardcore rock and roll aesthetic. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I thought the I thought the um, carnival segue stuff was actually pretty neat, and it it felt you know like the old sixties like Disneyland. Well, here we go, kids. You know, it's it's got and that. Bethesda's front. got a lot of games that are in that you know dystopian or I don't know quite what that what that word is. It's like that alt future. Yeah, fifties, forties timeline or whatever. Yeah, certainly Fallout is like that, and Dishonored even has a little of that going on. And Wolfenstein, um, right? So it, yeah. yeah, it's. Um, I thought it really worked, and it was it was fun, and I particularly liked. I thought the writing overall was strong and and con- consistently funny. Like it, it was legit funny rather than sort of manufactured funny, which a lot of these press conferences are. And you're right that it was a more of a direct than anything else, like a slick video, but it also, they didn't feel the need to like trot the developer out on stage and have them awkwardly, you know, talk about the game. It was just, here's a really slickly produced discussion of it that we don't have to go through the paces of like bringing this person out who kind of doesn't feel like they want to be here. And I don't know, it just felt better. Also, you'll be owning these games in less than six months. That is the other great thing that I think, you know, you and I have praised about Bethesda before, but I think bears repeating. They have gotten into this pattern of here's the stuff that's coming out this year. This is what we're talking about at our press conference. We haven't even talked about it publicly yet before, but we've been working on it and now it's coming out this year. Get excited. That I think is a wonderful pattern to reinforce because how cool is it that they're just – they've got enough stuff – that they could just talk about the stuff that's coming out in 2017, and then every year you know, hey, we're going to find out what's coming out this year. That's really cool. Yeah, and also I don't care about anything else because Wolfenstein 2, oh my god. Yeah, I mean you're kind of uh, doing the op- – what's the opposite of bearing the lead? I'm leading just lead talking the- about the thing that uh, – <laughs> You're leading with the lead? You're leading with me- the – the I'm doing. Point. I'm doing the thing that uh, got me excited. While I wait for you, I, I tweeted at you. I thought you died during the Bethesda press conference. Like I tweeted uh, <laughs> that I won bingo, and then you didn't reply for five minutes. And I thought we lost you, Jeff. I thought for sure we lost you. I know what your game of show is going to be. I know how you're going to try to shoehorn VR into your game of the year. I saw it all. <laughs> I saw it all. But I wanted to mention Wolfenstein Two before I lost you for the next hour. <laughs> well, we'll talk. We're definitely talking about Wolfenstein Two. But uh, they started the conference off the way every conference should start with, <laughs> with massive, story of the week <laughs> massive cool vr games and i i believe i nailed that one that one was when i i you know i predicted that they would i think i think we we're still gonna get those games yeah i know but I, I predicted it would come out this year and they would be saying <laughs> okay. you know okay. like anyway uh but i still think that uh, we're gonna see that game again at the playstation conference so that's, that's what that was the big question Do, i mean can playstation run doom and fallout in vr i think so I will find out. Maybe not. Because they only talked about Vive. They didn't even mention Oculus. And I know, you know, Bethesda isn't exactly big fans of Oculus. Why not? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, 
they they only mentioned Vive. I still predict that we will see those games at PlayStation's conference. I think that'd be incredible. I mean, Doom, I've heard is really fun and it looks great. It, I, I'm a little bummed that it's still the teleport feature because they had been showing Doom for, I don't know if I want to say a couple of years, but a good amount of time. And every time people had asked about the locomotion in the game, it's like they would say like it's something we're working on. So it still very much looks like it's kind of the a horde-based shooter without tons of movement. And right. what I loved about doom 2016 was the way it really reinvented movement in a first person shooter in terms of instead of falling back to get health you keep running into the fray to kill people to get health and i don't don't know know. if that if the vr version does that well yeah i caught a moment and you know i only saw it once live in real time i haven't rewatched any stuff they may have put online but it looked to me like there was at least one moment where it triggered you know how they flash a color Mm -hmm. when you're able to do the glory kill or whatever it is yeah it looked like when that happened the person then like tagged it like they're gonna teleport and they teleported to it and did the finishing move as one you know as one movement like the the teleportation itself like triggered the finishing move yeah i'm curious i'm curious to see how i hope it's great but fallout i i mean i'm on the record of saying fallout 4 is not my favorite game and and this won't change it but the, the way it presented itself i mean holy crap if it's the whole thing and free move in VR, like Jeff, you're you're quitting DLC, right? Like you're quitting yeah. slash film. Yeah, I need to I, take over for We Have Concerns. Like we've for, lost you. And you have raise to your adopt, son. You have to adopt oh. my child. Yeah, yeah. If that's, if that's cool with you, I hope. Yeah, I don't have um, a boy, so I'll take him and just be like, "You're gross." What's that penis doing in my house? But otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it didn't look like they were doing teleportation. Which, when they showed uh, Fallout Four VR last year at E3, they did have it as teleportation but it didn't look like that it didn't it looked like free free movement yeah and all of the like customization and house building you know stuff that that's in fallout 4 like obviously is going to be way better when you're able to just like manipulate it with your arms and hands so cool looking dude the only thing that would the only possible thing that they could announce that would make that better for me and it's impossible, I know, but it would be if they're like, your save game from any console can transfer over. <laughs> yeah, that'd be but, nice. Yeah, that'd be rad. But um, oh, or my maybe God. they will. Like, I don't know. Do those games have? I don't know. On the PC side of things, are there like save unlocks? You know that? that I mean, they open. They're opening up mods in a big way, and they're featuring paid mods. Maybe that yeah. is something they'll do with it, where you can jump to checkpoints or something. But then you're taking over from you know, like a predetermined character. So it's not like your game, but you can right. kind of experience whatever you want. I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I can play through it again. The cool thing with Bethesda games too, is you can make completely different choices. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I did maybe uh, lose consciousness a little bit after the, after that bit. And I didn't pay attention to the rest, but uh, you know, they, they announced the new Dishonored chapter thing. I think that's super smart. I, they did it with Wolfenstein before. I think I think that's great, like a four-hour or six-hour Dishonored, and you can kind of replay it over and over and over again the way Arcane makes their levels. I think that's really, really smart. Uh, we should talk about Skyrim for Switch. That's which... going to sell a ton, and it looks like crap. <laughs> uh, it's got motion controls, and uh, it's got... Amiibo support where you can play with a Link costume. If you that's all it your... needs, man. That's all it needs. That is all it needs. That is going to that it, dude. That got the biggest reaction of the whole. Like people went bonkers in the live audience when they saw 
him holding the master sword in, yeah. in Skyrim. Are you kidding me? And they zoomed out and you're wearing your, was it the Wind Waker or no, the Breath of the Wild yeah. cloth that he's running around? Yeah, it was Amazing. awesome. Amazing. But what do you think of the motion controls? Um, I, yeah, I, one, I've never seen anyone take a Joy-Con off the Switch that easily as they did in that um, <laughs> right. demo. Yeah, I think the motion controls are dumb. I, I, I think the game is, you know, fantastic and certainly has its fans. But I, I also noticed the way they haven't, I don't think this is the version we just got on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Like, I think this is the eight-year-old version or whatever it is, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm just super curious. I want to know more of the details about this game. But I think putting Zelda Zelda in or Link in it is the smartest thing they could have done. And who cares after that? Yeah, <laughs> like, do you right. think you'll be playing this with, with Waggle? or do you, I'm not going to be playing it at all, I don't think. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. I just, I can't see myself. I'm going to be playing Fallout 4 VR. So I can't, I don't have time. I don't have time right. for redoing Skyrim again. Um, but it is, it you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, the idea of having Skyrim portable is pretty good. Pretty well, it is pretty. I mean, I play way more Breath of the Wild because it's portable than I would if I only had it on Wii U or something. So, I, I right. do think it's going to find its fans. I do think there are Nintendo fans that don't haven't played Skyrim, and it's an incredible game. So, I think it'll do well. I, I, I uh, am a little annoyed that it looks like it's going to come out as a $60 kind of release, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and then the two games that were under construction that we didn't know about, although everyone predicted them and everyone was right uh the evil within two is the first which uh man that cg trailer that they played with the creepy duran duran song stunning stunning amazing but then they showed like a, a few seconds of actual gameplay and i was like oh that doesn't look as good as that pre-rendered trailer you just showed with yeah. the cool like milky faces and stuff. But then the actual game was like, uh, look kind of crampy. But <laughs> I, I wasn't a crappy, I wasn't a big fan crappy. of the first one anyway. So yeah, it, the yeah the first uh, I can only handle so many of these games. It looks like it's you know leaning into what it does well, and I, hopefully fans. I hope it gives people a new point to jump in. It does seem like they're very much continuing that story, which I always think is interesting from a lore standpoint. Um, and then hopefully they've improved upon some of the things that the first game had its problems. Um, you know whatever. <laughs> whatever you think of it, you have to admit it had its problems. So hopefully they've learned for that because it it, it is creepy in a way that you know, a lot of games aren't anymore. And it, it you know, like that slow motion head twitching arm coming up or like, it's, it's really good at what it does. Yeah. I'm just, I don't, horror games have to be real something special. VR. From, yeah, yeah. And being VR. Um, but let's talk about Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, which is the close of show game. First of all, the way they unveiled it with this really funny and really well-made live action intro thing that was kind of a parody of old 50s tv shows uh with sort of a lassie-esque thing but with this crazy monstrosity of a, a mechanical fire-breathing demon dog uh made me laugh genuinely and then it went to other crazy things and then they showed the game itself which is taking the idea that wolfenstein was built on which is you know what if the nazis won the war and we're, we're in Nazi land all of a sudden, just to this crazy extreme, man. America I, 2019, and it just felt, oh, wow. What a gut punch. There's a shot in the in the thing they show in the trailer of small town USA, Main Street USA, 
in this town with like Ku Klux Klan members walking down the street all happy and Nazi paraphernalia. Go learn and, your German. Oh. And they were like, all right. And you know, oh, man. Intense. It's creepy in the in the brightest of sunlight way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And but then they showed the action. Holy, uh, the first game was so good, and that little expansion they did was so good. And this game just looks to have even more of that. It's just incredible. There's like that. I think someone has made a gif of it where he like runs and slides down the ramp and like pops two dudes and then stands up and jumps on a guy or whatever. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. But you and know, it's I, this year. It's October. I'm done. I can't. Yeah. It's all October. Oh. Everything's in October, by the way. Now, October is the new November. Um, is this game a show? Oh God, Spider Man, be good. <laughs> well, this will this will be full on playable at the Bethesda yeah. booth. So we we will be able to play it, and we'll talk more about it, obviously. But I I am you know that I liked that first game. I was not as big a fan as you were. You really loved it. I I thought it was cool. I thought it was clever. I I liked a lot of the narrative flourishes of all that sort of. Um, time-lapse stuff that happens in the hospital. And I, I thought it did a lot of things so smartly. But this game, the writing looks to be completely taken up a notch. You know, just that, that sequence where he's interacting with those two people. is like, let me just make be clear. I'm not a Nazi. And then the guy points the gun at him. He's like, ah, crap. And he puts the, the visor up and the dude shoots the visor and then he pulls it down. He's like, I told you, I'm not a Nazi. It's like really good writing, like legit good writing. Yeah, they straight up got me when the girl there too. She has a grenade and like she has a pin, and then she like, uh oh. And I and I on the stream, like I did a talk over the stream or whatever. And I just go, oh man, I can't believe they made her incompetent. She seemed like such a cool character, yeah. And now they cut that off of the knees. They make her incompetent, and then like right after I finished saying that, she like looks at the camera and goes, "Just kidding." It's and I was like, oh, you, you oh, that's it was awesome. It was like normally you expect things, and you see, I'm like, oh great, here's the incompetent sidekick. That just likes to blow crap up. Blah, and like, no, 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 no. She's the not quite sane in the head one who's going to have fun with BJ. Like, this looks right. awesome. It was a complete surprise for me how much I was really blown away by by that game. I, I'm just very excited for Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. So, yeah, a, a real front runner for, for game of show uh, alongside uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. And then Anthem is just sort of in its own weird fantasy place of like yeah we're gonna need to decide what that is yeah (laughs) um but let's wrap this up we've been talking for a while and it's it's getting real late but uh give me your thoughts on on the first couple of days of press conferences for e3 i love video games um i think these were all great there are so many incredible games that have already come out this year and so many more incredible games coming out this year and the next few years i mean I think it's easy to be a cynic. No, Need for Speed looked incredible. Anthem looked incredible. Wolfenstein looked incredible. Or a, a sequel to Ori. Are you kidding me? Cuphead got a date. Battlefront 2. If you had told me they didn't talk about VR, hopefully they do that Sony. I still hope that there's VR in that game. But like, show that to 10-year-old me, Battlefront 2. Yeah. I would have died. I would have had a heart attack and died. It's awesome. What about you? Like your kind of feeling going into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo all of that stuff. I, I came away really jazzed about stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I think Sony has a real opportunity tomorrow to knock it out of the park. And it occurs to me that, you know, Microsoft clearly won the last generation. The Xbox 360 generation, uh, was it, it dominated. And I think they did it because they really got online multiplayer in a big way 
really early and understood that that generation was going to be all about that. And they, and they did it and, and it, they got an audience because people wanted that experience. And that was the console that understood it and did it seamlessly and, and best. But Sony has caught up on that level and, and that isn't as big a deal anymore. It's just sort of expected now. And what Sony has and Microsoft, if I was running Microsoft's games division, the thing that they are lagging behind on, and it is so clear by their press conference, is first-party development. They don't have the games to say, you can only play that here, and these games are must-plays. And yet, Sony has six, seven, eight of those, of like, you have to play Horizon Zero Dawn if you're a gamer. That game is just so good. You Everybody I know is excited about God of War. Everybody I know is excited about Spider-Man. These kinds of experiences that Sony is able to produce first party or, you know, so close to first party that they're exclusive are differentiators. And Microsoft did not come to the party, come to the conference with, in my opinion, strong enough differentiators to justify a $500 console. I'm still excited. I think the Scorpio or the Xbox One X is a very exciting thing. I'm I'm really excited to see more of it, to to touch it and see it. And I'm probably going to pre-order one because I'm sick in the head and stupid. But I do think they could have done a much better job of giving real reasons beyond, hey, it's mildly prettier to buy this console. I don't think Sony did a great job of doing that with pro, right? They they, they did and they've continued to do a horrible job. Right. But they have done a great job in saying, here's why you should be in on PlayStation in general, rather than Xbox. And that lives and dies by the fact that they have these incredible first party games. And I think we're going to see more of it tomorrow. And it's going to be hard to give Microsoft the edge here if all we're talking about are state of decay 2 forza and crackdown 3 like that and 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 um sea of thieves that's not enough i don't think that's enough to to really say hey you have to be in on this console generation um well and it's not enough if you know i i think you'll read about it on neogaf and we'll talk about it or whatever but it's also not enough to say you know, you can play that in true 4K at 60 frames per second, whereas on PlayStation, you'll be playing at 900p. Like for most people, they have the thing. It's going to play the thing. Anthem's going to look great on the thing. You know, as long as the games don't run like total garbage on my thing. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. I don't I don't know what they do because you're right. Sony, I mean, off the top of my head, there's going to be new Uncharted content. There's rumor we're going to see a little tease of Last of Us 2. There's Spider-Man. There's Days Gone. There's God of War. Um, Gran Turismo. Uh, oh, God, there was one other one. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's already that's already six. Yeah. That's that are like of stuff. Uh, Lord Muff uh, 874 in the chat says Anthem. Anthem, you can play it on your PC. You can play it on your PlayStation. You can play it on your Xbox. Yeah. Everybody's going to be playing Anthem. I want to play it. I can't wait to play it. I'm probably going to play it on PC. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where I do most of the games like that, right? So I, I don't – I mean I played The Division on PC, right? That's where I wanted to play it. Um, 
so it, yeah, it was a great thing that Microsoft had that part of their conference. It made me walk out of there feeling like I was floating on air because I was so excited about what gaming has to offer. But it, that game is not a reason to buy an Xbox. Right. I think $250 for an Xbox One is a pretty great reason to, to buy an Xbox, but that's not a reason think, to buy I an Xbox. I think Sony's going to kneecap them tomorrow. I, I, I really do. I don't think you're wrong. I really don't think you're wrong. And I think they're going to lower the price of the Pro. So even even further. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, I I definitely think Microsoft brought a lot of games and there's a lot of really great stuff coming. Um, another game I didn't bring up that I'm really excited about is Ashen, which is the Annapurna game. Uh, it just looks really oh, yeah. interesting. So there's tons of stuff. There were game after game after game. I just didn't see the like, oh my God, I have to have an Xbox to be able to play that thing game. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think we are going to see that from Sony. We are going to see like, oh my God, I have to play God of War. And the only way to do that is to own a PlayStation. Oh my God, I have to play Spider-Man. The only way to do that is own a PlayStation. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. And and then excited. who knows with this continued Japanese resurgence? I mean, Microsoft certainly tried uh, with OG and last gen to kind of get in there, and then Japanese development quote unquote fell off. But then this year too, it's been de facto exclusives with things like Near yeah. and Final um, Fantasy. Fin- oh, you can play on Xbox, yeah. right? There was one other one. Uh, oh, Persona Five, right? And I think now that these killer games are coming out, I think we're gonna see more of that. It's hard. I, you know, I, I love my Xbox one. I'm sitting here right now next to it. But if someone were to ask me today what they should do, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to come up with a bunch of reasons why, unless all of your friends are on it, then that's easy. Just do that one. But otherwise, I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I like, I, I'm, I'm kind of over the zombie thing, but I'm still sort of excited about days gone. I want to see that game. And to compare days gone to state of decay too. Like I know a lot of people love the first state of decay, and it looked there was some interesting like you know world building stuff in in State of K two trailer that they showed, but it's just no contest. Like the more interesting title for me is Days Gone, and I think Sony continues to just do that. And I I get accused of being a Sony fanboy, which is weird because I was always the Xbox fanboy last gen. <laughs> so I don't know how I can be both, but whatever. Um, I'm just trying to sh- you know say it how I see it and and be a straight shooter and called them how's I see them. And what I'm seeing right now is Microsoft giving us solid amount of content, but nothing, nothing that is just sort of like a you have to own an Xbox One X. So I think yeah, I, I agree. Think and all I see is all I see in addition to that is Sony piling money into your house. So you know, between those two things, I'm on the same page. <laughs> I wish, I wish, <laughs> I would gladly, I would gladly take money piled into my house. Anyway. Uh, we will be back tomorrow talking about that very Sony conference. Uh, oh, I'm not watching the PC conference, just FYI. You're not at all. <laughs> no, just I don't check on so. if there's any, uh, any updates. Yeah, I'll, I'll be checking in, listeners, but don't expect me to stream it and talk over it. I, fool me once, shame on whatever, however that goes. <laughs> yeah. I hope there's great stuff, but I don't plan on watching it. Yeah, I hope there's great stuff. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we will be talking about Sony and Ubisoft tomorrow night, and um, we hope you tune in for that again. Uh, I will be on Anchor all week long, all throughout the day with updates. I will be talking about every game I touch. So be there if you want minute-by-minute updates. Again, that's anchor.fm slash NLB for the show. Just download the Anchor app, though. It's easier. 
Uh, and I'm and on- if you want parenting tips, you can do the same thing there. Hey, yeah, that's right. Yeah, your show about parenting is on Anchor. So if you want uh, Christian's minute-by-minute E3 parenting tips. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, you're trying to watch E3 stuff, but your kids aren't cooperating and you need a tip on how to do that. <laughs> Hop over to anchor.fm slash DOP for Department of Parenting and get in on it. Sounds <laughs> dope. Uh, what else, Christian? What else do you want to plug at the end of here? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go to bed. Video games, man. Uh, I'm going to be in London later this month, Austin in September, San Diego in September. Show, show, shows. Video games. This is video games, dude. Video games. See you on the floor. We love it. See you on the floor. Enjoy E3. Uh, We will leave you with a little more of the hype train. Chugga, 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 chugga.